0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Very Cold Lasagna Podcast, your filthy casual place for all the filthy casual takes on the world of sports. I am Dylan Lasagna, and welcome back to another episode, episode number 129 of this icy yet spicy podcast. And, well, here we are, near on the cusp of the ultimate game, the penultimate game, the finale of the NFL season, the 2022 NFL season. What is that exactly? Super Bowl, the big game, as most people call it, because, well, the NFL, well, you know what? If you do, we're here to talk about Super Bowl 57 in Arizona. And, well, I know I've said a couple of weeks for a couple of days now that it was going to pain for me to talk about this game, but... We got to talk about it. We kind of have to uh, because, well, we cover all things NFL, at least for the most part. And, yeah, we actually do have to talk about it. So here we are. The season finale for the uh, in the NFL, the 2022 season, and that is the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 57, and that involves two teams. The two teams that made it all the way to this point, one team will be crowned as champion of of the, the NFL season overall. These two teams are actually the top two uh, number one overall seeds in the NFL, and that was the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Both teams won these uh, their conferences, and now they're going to play each other in the Super Bowl. So that's what we're going to be talking about today in this episode. And I know a lot of people are excited uh, about this game. Uh, some people, most people, uh, a lot of people, whatever it's how many people are, I know a lot, some people aren't as well, and as you can tell, uh, as you can tell, uh, internally, uh, yeah, I certainly am. <laughs> but anyway, like I said, either way, like I talk about the NFL on on the podcast, so. It's it's just not my team. I talk about other things regarding the NFL, around the league, so we do have to talk about it. So anyway, before we get into the Super Bowl preview for uh, this Sunday, a little bit of housekeeping at first. Uh, Obviously, make sure to tune in to Very Cold Lasagna wherever you get your podcasts, uh, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, Google Podcasts. We're available on those platforms um, for all the audio listeners out there. Um, If you're listening to it on audio, Make sure you rate and review on whichever podcast platform you get it on. Um, any feedback is good feedback, whether it's good feedback or constructive feedback. I would really appreciate the reviews. And if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, make sure to leave a like, comment, subscribe, um, share it with your friends, your family, your strangers, um, anyone passing by. It would appreciate and mean the world to me. Um, as for the content, that is to come. Uh, obviously, we got the Super Bowl stuff that we have to take care of. And I was thinking of doing a review for the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Um, that is that is like literally around the corner, like in a week or so. So I might be talking about the WWE Elimination Chamber pay-per-view because, man, that, that card actually looks okay. Um, we obviously have an undisputed WWE title match um, between Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. So that's going to be definitely really fun to watch. And then two Elimination Chamber matches um, to set up uh, some things for WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. That, that looks like a stacked card, to be honest with you. But anyway, um, yeah, Elimination Chamber pay- pay-per-view review maybe. Um, then obviously we got the season recaps uh, coming up. I'm still in the process of like putting things together for e- even the first part. I've kind of been slagging on that a little bit, but I am doing my damnest to get that ready for y'all. So things are popping. We ain't stopping here on Very Cold Lasagna, um, even during the off season. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, stay tuned to what's to come for Very Cold Lasagna. And that being said, let's get this uh, rolling. Let's get this episode rolling, shall we? Let's talk about the Super Bowl um, that's going down in Arizona um, in State Farm Stadium between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. For the first time since, was it, 2021, this Super Bowl is not involving any team that's going to be playing in their home stadium. So, sorry, sorry Cardinals, you didn't make the cut. <laughs> so, yeah, the first time since 2021 that the team... Playing the Super Bowl is not gonna be playing in their home stadium. So yeah, a little bit of a little bit of parody, I guess. So I guess yeah, Arizona was literally not that good since the beginning. So anyway, between the Chiefs and, and the Eagles, this is their first ever Super Bowl meeting uh between one another. And for both of these teams, this is their first Super Bowl appearance since for the Chiefs. Uh Super Bowl fifty-five back in 2021. Um, where they lost big time to the Tampa Bay Bucks. We all remember that game. Uh, We all remember talking about that game here on the podcast um, in our rookie year. And then for the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, this is their first appearance since that big uh, win where they got their very first title um, in Super Bowl 52 against the New England Patriots. We all remember Nick Foles being the hero for Philadelphia with the Philly special and just shocking the world against Tom Brady when he was on uh, New England. So that was a crazy crazy, uh, Super Bowl um, for the Philadelphia Eagles and just for fans overall. And then this is the first time that Andy Reid will be facing his old team in the biggest stage. And, yeah, this is when it matters most. I mean, yeah, Andy Reid has played uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles before um, in the regular season, but this is where it really matters the most. So this is big. This is big for Andy Reid. Um, and obviously, Nick Sirianni is going to be playing against his old coach as well. I mean, because he was on, I guess, when they're trying to uh, uh, put Andy Reed was first putting his staff together in Kansas City. Nick Sirianni was one of the guys that didn't get retained from the old staff. So, interestingly enough. So, looking both of the, at both of these teams, how they got here, starting off with the Kansas City Chiefs obviously they were expected to be heavily challenged, heavily challenged going into the regular season with the amount of turnover that happened during last offseason in the AFC West. Um, like Derek Carr and Devonte Adams got together in Vegas. Um, the whole Russell Wilson trade in Denver, um, all the moves that the Chargers made on defense. Um, during the during free agency and the draft. And then the Chiefs made a move of their own by trading Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins. So the Chiefs were expected to be challenged by the rest of the AFC West during the regular season. But in actuality, in spite of those challenges, um, in, of not having consistency at receiver or defense, not finding a Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes in the offense actually still found ways to torch opponents and their defenses. And, well, also, the rest of the AFC West ended up being a massive bust. The Russell Wilson in the offense was very bad. Uh, Derek Carr and the Raiders were just disappointing uh, after what was a surprising year in 2021. And the Chargers were just snake snakebitten with injuries and very questionable decisions by the head coach, Brands Staley during key games. So, yeah, the Chiefs secured their seventh straight division title because of the rest of the division's ineptitude. um, And despite losing uh, to the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals in the regular season, they still managed to keep pace um, with the number one overall seed, and they nabbed that top overall seed. Mainly to depart, to be honest with you, to a canceled Week 17 game between the Bills and the Bengals. But, I mean, they were the ultimate opportunist in Week 18, destroying the Raiders and grabbing the top seed. Looking at their playoff performance, um, they were primed to easily dispose of Trevor Lawrence in the 4 seed Jacksonville Jaguars. It looked that way at first because, well, how they quickly rolled on offense and quickly scored, but it seemed to seemed look like they were in danger. Uh, getting upset um, in in their first playoff game after coming off the first round bye because Patrick Mahomes suffered a high ankle sprain um, after he got his ankle rolled up by Jaguars defenders from behind. And he had to come out of the first half. Um, and Chad Henning, the backup, sure, he, plays, he played nicely, but it was a glowing concern at the time thinking that shit. You might If they somehow win this game, but Patrick Mahomes was out for the rest of the game and you had to go to the AFC Championship game, possibly without Patrick Mahomes, then that could be trouble. But I guess fortunately for the Chiefs, Mahomes returned in the second half. Um, but the only thing was, he was not able to be Patrick Mahomes. He wasn't able to move outside the pocket, make those crazy throws. He could make... Deep ball throws, he can make the mid-range throws, but he can't move out in the pocket to do the to do so. He can't do the sidearm throws like he usually does. He usually makes the sidearm throws on the move. He couldn't really do so in the pocket, and they beat the the Jaguars 27 to 20. Go on to host their fifth straight AFC Championship game, where in that game, um, despite. Patrick Mahomes still being uh, severely limited by that high ankle sprain. Um, Patrick Mahomes actually was still efficient in the pocket. Um, His supporting cast helped him out via the yak game. The yards after the catch game. Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco, Kadarius Toney, Juju Schuster, all helped him out. um, Getting all all those yaks yardage. Um, And the defense really helped him out too. Um, Attacking the Bengals' weakened offensive line. That was plagued with injuries um, from the last divisional game against the Bills. And they forced two key turnovers on Joe Burrow. And the Chiefs also even benefited from when the game was tied very late in the waning seconds of the game. They were they helped, they got a lot of help from the Bengals' biggest mistake of the game. Self-inflicted, mind you. Um, Joseph Asai pushed Patrick Mahomes late when Mahomes already got a first down um who but who knew with eight seconds to go where what the Chiefs could have done? But still, they got an assist from Joseph Asai's big mistake, pushing Mahomes um out of bounds late, got a penalty that for a personal foul, and got into Harrison Bunker's field goal range that essentially sealed the AFC for Kansas City uh 23-20 in event avenged their loss from last year. So the Chiefs, yeah, they were they were pretty much still dominating. Uh, I say quietly because most people were talking about the Bengals. Most people were talking about the Bills, um, Finding each other in the title game in the throne in Kansas City. But here, here's the Chiefs yet again, back in the Super Bowl um, for the what the third time in four years. Kind of crazy to think about it. And then you have the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, a lot of people weren't really sure what to think uh, when they got how they even got to the stage at this point, because when you look at last year where they were, they were coming off a disappointing end to their twenty twenty one. They went nine and eight, but a lot of their wins were against uh, fluky and very bad opponents. So going to a game against the, at the time, reigning and defending undisputed Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Bucks, when they when they went to Tampa to play them, it was clear that they were outclassed. They were dismantled against the Bucks, and easily so. So they were blown out. They were boat raced by the Bucks by halftime. So what did the Eagles do? They they smartly. I'll admit that they smartly made moves uh during the offseason in in the free agency in the draft to improve themselves, to improve themselves on all fronts. The offensive line, defense, and at other key areas like receiver. They got guys like Hassan Reddick. Um, they got they made sure that the offensive line was healthy as well, with Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey um healing up to strengthen the O-line and they made a big move at wide receiver by using one of their many first round picks that they, um, that they held up all these, all these many years, <laughs> all these many recent years and used it to trade for Titans wide receiver, AJ Brown to help both Jalen hurts and receiver Devonte Smith. Second year receiver, by the way, so what was the end result of all those big moves that the Eagles did in the offseason? Well, they became one of the most explosive and balanced teams in the NFL, especially with quarterback Jalen Hurts having a really good third year, an MVP-like year. Some people will say it's he benefited from a weak NFC, or the Eagles, with the supporting cast that he had, were, were just that damn good. Who knows? We'll find out. Um, this this Sunday in the Super Bowl. But either way, you saw Jalen Hurts play much more confident, throw, throw a much better deep ball, used his legs more often. He had that kind of year. Meanwhile, it wasn't just him doing all the work. You had a resurgence from running back Miles Sanders, and he got help too from his backups, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott. And the rushing attack did so well because of a much stronger offensive line that managed to stay healthy for most of the year. Defensively, you got a strong pass rush that can quickly get to the running back, uh, to the quarterback, sorry. And a secondary that can go man to man all the way and create a lot of turnovers in the passing in the passing game. So the Eagles went A-0 to start the season. And yeah, they lost to the commanders in week 10 where they didn't really look that motivated to play. Um, they still looked like a team that looked unstoppable. And, yeah, they almost lost the number one seed because they had some late... Uh, they suffered an injury bug late in the season with Jalen Hurts, uh, Lane Johnson, and Avante Maddox all suffering um, injuries. And it began to cripple the team, losing close games to the Cowboys in a winnable game against the New Orleans Saints. But, you know, they managed to win a game that, you know, that could have been a rest game for them. But they got Jalen Hurts back for Week 18 to play the Giants, again, who were playing backups by that point. And they, you know, they got the number one overall seed um, and went 14-3 and three and gave themselves time to get healthy. So that first round bye was very beneficial for the Eagles. They got themselves healthy, especially Jalen Hurts, uh, who is nursing a, In injury in his throwing shoulder. So for them. Despite entering the divisional playoff game. Against the Giants. Coming off that first round bye. Some people were still questioning. Even myself. Were questioning about Jalen Hurts' health. In his throwing shoulder. um, From that injury he suffered in week 15. But against a lifeless Giants defense. Coming off that win against the Minnesota Vikings. Jalen Hurts just easily ate them up. In the air from the start. And from there, because of how bad the Giants were on offense as well and just how bad they were overall, the Eagles honestly didn't have to have Jalen Hurts do that much um, in the air because not only of how well he was doing as a, as a runner, but also of how well the rushing attack was doing as well. Uh, Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell were in Boston, Scott, were scoring uh with ease as well, uh pretty pretty easily. And because of the shittiness of the Giants, they pretty much essentially sealed the game 28 to nothing at halftime. So the Eagles would end up going to on to beat the Giants 38 to 7, host the NFC Championship game for the first time since ironically, in the same year they won the Super Bowl, uh 2017. Um, where in that NFC Championship game they would win against the San Francisco 49ers. But it came with some asterisks. So sure, the rushing attack of Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, and Boston Scott had another efficient game, and so did, and kind of so did so did Jalen Hurts. Um, but the game was vastly overshadowed um, when Brock, Purley, Brock Purdy suffered what ended up being a UCL injury, like a tear in his uh, throwing arm, and the Eagles' defense. Would just easily swarm for four string quarterback Josh Johnson. Like, did you did they did people really expect Josh Johnson to really save the day for the 49ers? Like, hell, I certainly didn't. I certainly did not. Because when Brock Purdy went out and Josh Johnson came in, it's like, well, shit, there goes the Niners title hopes. So Josh Johnson ended up going out of the game with a concussion, and now Brock Purdy was forced to come back in. Um and all the Niners could do because Rock Purdy couldn't throw was hand the ball off to, to Christian McCaffrey or whoever the running back was. So the Niners were rendered helpless on offense. And yeah, the Eagles easily cruised to a 31-7 victory. Got to got back to the Super Bowl, were NFC champions. So yeah. Yeah, they're definitely uh, there, but there's still a little bit of questions too will be answered on how Jalen Hurts and this team, you know, how how well they can do um, against perhaps their biggest test yet in the Chiefs. And that's not to say that the Chiefs have their question questions of their own, but it's that you know when when the Eagles have been playing in a much weaker conference than the Chiefs had all year then there's some certainly some questions to be had here now looking at the strengths and weaknesses of these of each of these teams obviously the biggest strength for for Kansas City is well their quarterback Patrick Mahomes it is just one of the best if not the best the league has to offer right now i mean even on a bum ass uh, ankle he he still can make uh good throws he can still make the play that's needed to extend, uh, extend the drives, um, make make excellent throws, uh, excellent touchdown throws to his receiver. And especially with this connection to Travis Kelsey and what Travis Kelsey can do um, after the catch. Yeah, these two can can really do damage to even the strongest of defenses. And what the Chiefs, even with an injured Patrick Mahomes, they they can do damage in what they found in, in the NFC championship game the the yards after catch game like whether it's Mahomes throwing a checkdown or a short short range throw to let's say for example a Kadarius Tony they somehow managed to make something work because of their the speed they have on 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 their team so They've, they've definitely found something that they can work with against the Philadelphia Eagles. Sure, their passing defense is strong, but yeah. They, can they match the speed, though? That's the question. Uh, and then Isaiah Pacheco, the rookie running back, has really come on uh, for Kansas City, both as a runner and as a receiver. So, um, And one of Philadelphia's biggest weaknesses is their run defense, which we'll get onto in just a bit. Now, some of the things that uh, Kansas City should be concerned about going up against Philadelphia is the inconsistency in the secondary. Um, Kansas City has has a tendency to give up a good amount of big, uh, a big plays, like the big, like the big touchdown throw uh, that they gave up to Joe Burrow, um, to T. Higgins, to to essentially tie the game um, in the third quarter, and just these like big throws um, that that puts uh that's that puts the opponents in in strong position to score or just sets them up um just sets just sets them up in a good position to like extend the, extend the drive like the the chief secondary can find, can be sometimes be a little bit inconsistent too to set set themselves to fail um and then the injuries at wide receiver you saw in the AFC Championship game that uh, Kadarius Tony and I think it was Juju Schuster. I'm not, oh, not too 100% sure on that. And, oh, no, it was McCall Hardman. Both of those receivers had to leave the game due to, in, due to injury, and they didn't come back. And Hardman actually was moved to IR recently. So that's one less receiver for Patrick Mahomes to throw to. And now they're going to have to be even more, more reliant on Travis Kelsey. And that get, that's going to give the Eagles more ammunition to double him up. And doubling up sometimes doesn't always work um, for, for defenses, but it gives ammunition for Philadelphia to do so. So some things to consider for Kansas City going to this game. For Philadelphia, you have, um, well, obviously you have Jalen Hurts as your quarterback. Um, but the other things you, to consider is, the rushing attack of Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, and of course, Jalen Hurts. So those 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 four uh, players are obviously a big, uh, a big, big win. The offensive line gives them good running, uh, running room. They're they're a good four headed dragon uh, to to get extra yards um, in the trenches and ex- get first downs. And just get that, just get those key yards um when when needed. And then the trenches. The the trenches on both sides. Um the offensive line does a really good job. Um, even against the best of the best uh pass rusher units, um, as no as seen against the 49ers in the title game. Um until much later in the game when the pressure started getting heavy on Jalen Hurts. But the the offensive line in general has been very good. Uh, for Philadelphia and the pass rush for deep for the Eagles when it's going up against multiple with multiple players, not, not just two reliable ones. They have like five reliable players in that pass rushing unit. Um, some things though, for as good as Philadelphia has been all year, some things to make note of if you're the Eagles, like I said, that run defense, um, it can give up a some really big chunk plays, um, and like the touchdown, of Christian McCaffrey, uh, yeah, <laughs> only touchdown, or like if if the offensive line so- opens up really big uh, from an opposing team, or just like extra yardage on the first down, like this, the run defense Philadelphia just can generally give up some, um, allow some big yards um, after the uh, on the initial run. And the middle of the field passing defense, like, sure, they got some really good corners, like C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Avante Maddox, uh, but the middle of the field's not that great for Philadelphia, and that's where Mahomes and Kelsey really, uh, really thrive on, the middle of the field. So the Eagles are really going to have to find a, a strategy to to lim- limit and minimize uh, Kelsey. in and how how much they get, how much he can get, uh, the first downs, the touchdowns, all that good stuff. So, looking at this game, it's gonna be well, depending on how you look at it. Looking, <laughs> depending on how you look at it, it could be a big game if you're a fan of these teams, or, I mean, it could be something. Um, depending again, depending on how you view it. So, for Whoever's going to win this game, obviously for Kansas City, you want to attack the middle of the field uh, If with not just Travis Kelsey and Isaiah Pacheco, but whoever you got um, at receiver. Sure, they don't, they're they not really that uh, healthy, um, and you're not really sure who, who's going to be the next man up uh, at the receiver spot, but you got to do what you can. Um, and especially considering Mahomes may not be 100% yet, but... The supporting cast around him has to attack um, the middle of the field um, where they go, and the secondary, the defense, for as inconsistent as they be, they gotta stay man to man. They gotta they gotta find a way to contain AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, and the offensive line for Kansas City has gotta limit the multi-headed dragon that is the Eagles' pass rush because it's not again, it's not just one player that's like Hassan Reddick. Or Fletcher Cox. It's like a multitude of people. In that front. So, the offensive line for Kansas City, which has been pretty reliable in protecting Mahomes, they got to do really damn good against this this front in Philadelphia. For Philadelphia, if they want to win this game, get their second Super Bowl title, they got to keep that pocket clean for Jalen Hurts. Sure, Frank Clark and Chris Jones are... Two very damn good pass rushers, but what else they got? What else they got for uh, the Chiefs? They got Willie Gay at linebacker, but who else can be that that player in the Chiefs pass rush to uh, create a create, can break that pocket uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles? And for Philadelphia, look for ways to force turnovers off Patrick Mahomes. M- make him feel uncomfortable um, In the pocket force him out of it Um, if he's still feeling the effects of the ankle sprain force him out of the pocket and make him make him rattle force a errant throw to create an interception or something or just strip the ball out of his hands find a way to create turnovers off of Mahomes and get the ball back to Jalen Hurts and if Mahomes somehow finds a way to get the ball out of his hands to to one of his receivers. Don't make the Chiefs' receiving core feel that special. Uh, don't make them get the yards after catch because you know Marcus Valdes, Scantling, um, Juju Schuster, uh, you know they're okay options. They're just okay options, and yeah, they they rattled the Bengals' secondary, but it's like they, they it's they're not like oh let's. Let's create these magical moments, kind of thing. So don't make the Chiefs' receiving core feel special by making the, by allowing all these uh, big yak yak plays. So you want to minimize how much the Chiefs can get after the catch. Don't make them, Don't allow them to convert key first downs or make these sizable plays that get them into the red zone. So when you look at this game, it's going to be a heavy fight. I don't know if you could say a heavy fight. It depends on how you put it. But you could say that the Eagles thrive on a lot of things. They're well-balanced. But the one thing that they lack um, is the experience and I'd say the quarterback spot. So in that, in that essence, I say this game and it's not me saying because, oh, I want the Chiefs to lose for, oh, not the Eagles to lose because, you know, the NFC Championship game. I'm picking the Chiefs over the Eagles because the, the Chiefs, in this moment in time, sure, they're lacking in certain areas, but they have the most experience right now over Philadelphia. Recent. More recent and consistent experience as a championship contender. Five straight AFC championship games. Two Super Bowls. Yeah, the last time they uh, lost was a total wipe, whitewash against the Bucks. But what can you really do against a very bean-up offensive line? Against a strong defense. And Andy Reid's uh, current team, for as much turnover as it has seen in the last season... You know, it still, it still has most of its current of its teams of the past, and from from its ongoing successful years. So, for Kansas City, I think they'll win a very close game, Um, and who knows? But Holmes and Travis Kelsey, maybe they'll be the the lightning rod that pulls away, that strikes down on Philadelphia. When it's all said and done. They're the one that will come in clutch. Find a comeback in them again. So I think it's going to be the Chiefs. Over the Eagles. Somehow. Some way. So I'd like to know your thoughts. On who can win this Super Bowl. Between the Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Sound off in the comments below. And will you be watching it? Will you not be watching it? Will you be watching it for the commercials? The halftime show? Let me know your thoughts on this upcoming Super Bowl matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles, however, you can, in the comments on YouTube or on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Very Cold Lasagna. But anyway, that is it for this episode of Very Cold Lasagna. I'm your filthy casual host, Dylan Lasagna. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 129 of this icy yet spicy podcast where all the filthy casual takes and are hidden in the very cold fridge in that very cold lasagna anyway until next time peace out